0: Damn. All right, welcome back to another episode of the 104 podcast. We've been away, but we're back. My name is Ron Vijay. This is a podcast about the Emerson Oilers in a healthy and productive manner. On my right is a man that just came back from the North, so he can call himself We the North, right? I the North. Or I the North. <laughs> Elliot, the North.
1: This is Elliot Tanti. How are you? Good. I've got this great idea. Okay, we start a Facebook page. Okay. We get as many people as we can to storm the Oilers' head offices right by Kingsway Garden Mall.
0: We should do it. I'm doing, I'm I want it to happen. see the line
1: combos for next year. I want to see what's on, who's on the trading block. I want to see they can't stop what us all. Offers have been made. They can't stop us all. Exactly. Stop exactly. Stop exactly. All. This is a completely original and new idea. I just came up with it, not influenced by anything. Nope. Not I mean, at there's all. lots of windows in that building. If you had someone like three, four people going through every window, we'd get, we'd get into Ken very, Holland's office. At the very,
0: very least, we'll probably be able to get to see you like Ken Holland, from like, from like the distance. Maybe even Connor if he's there.
1: Are all of their NHL operations there, or is no, it now in, in the in arena? it's Rogers now, I think. It'd be funny if you had all these people show up <laughs> and then we broke in and then there's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> It's just Greg Gulletson just eating a sandwich. Yeah, he's like, yeah, this is basically like a glorified lunch room now.
0: Yes, yeah, so that's Storm Storm Rogers Place. Storm Rogers Place. okay, I'm making this Facebook group. That's happening. We're gonna do it.
1: How's how's your time off? It's been it's been good. Although yeah. I've been missing talking hockey and talking shop. They're lots that has gone on this week. Yeah,
0: we've missed a whole lot, but that's okay. You know what I think the summertime it's a perfect time to do it now because no,
1: there's no hockey news right now. That's exactly right. And there's no hockey podcast on right now. That's exactly right. It's <laughs> a
0: perfect time to do it. We're capitalizing. Everyone is, is
1: at their cottage in Ontario. <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely. We're getting crazy, crazy haircuts. Did you see the Toronto Maple Leafs haircuts? No. <laughs> William Leander has like these braids on. He looks like the guy from the Spring. It looks like James Franco from Spring Breakers crazy sunglasses oh all right like, not sure how- I feel about that it's not good um who else? Some a lot of man buns I saw. A lot of man buns. <laughs> I saw this this summer. So it's like
1: it's, you can trust NHL players to be like three years behind the times yeah, in terms of style.
0: Totally. Hot Hot Boy Summer is is upon us in Hockey Land. Um, let's get into it. We have a lot to talk about today. Yes.
1: Yeah. And we're not gonna do a big topic because this is the it pretty much just news and notes. We are running through the offseason up until this point. Let's go. Now we're going to turn it over to our resident draft expert.
0: Herman. Yes. Run us through Hello. the
1: Edmonton Oilers draft. Oh. No big deals. No big deals. No big deals. We thought we were, maybe. The, maybe. The first round was available. Maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't. I don't think it was. You know, and and I think that there was so much else going on in the hockey world, particularly around Toronto, mm-hmm. um, salary dumping. Kind of a weird off season. It was it was it's kind of been a weird off season in the sense of like P.K. Subban got traded and it's, yeah. it wasn't a
0: big deal. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it was like uh, Patrick Marlowe got traded and then bought out, which is like also weird. Yeah. So a lot of weird trades was happening. Um, and yeah, the Oilers didn't do a whole lot uh, in regards to trades, but they did pick up. Um, Philip Broberg, eighth overall, <clears throat> defenseman out of the Swedish League. If I'm not mistaken, uh, this is a. Uh, so, what, how do you think about what do you think about picking up another D in the first round?
1: I mean, I think people are always there, there's sort of this disconnect that people get too worked up about. Where there's this question of like, well, what, this isn't what the team needs right now, right? And you know, fair enough. If you're if the expectation is that this person, this player, is going to come in. Out of, you know, 18 and make a difference in the NHL club Then that's something that you have to consider But I think anyone from, like, second or third overall down That's not really a realistic expectation yeah. That that player is going to come in and make a difference And you have to be thinking to the future yeah. And I think that, you know, we've seen lots of teams have success By being able to make deals for def- or with their defen- excess defensemen Because teams always need defensemen So I don't, if he was the best I believe, one, he was the best player available at that spot at number eight, and two, I'm not too worked up about making sure that, you know, you're getting, you're not drafting something for right now, you're drafting for the future, so that's, yeah. I, yeah absolutely. I, I think people get more too worked up about that. I
0: totally agree with that, I, I, I'm totally with you, Nat. I think Broberg was a, was a decent pick at number eight. It's not, it wasn't an, an, a reach or anything like that. Um, and it's interesting that Broberg is not gonna play next year with, in the AHL or the NHL. He might come to the AHL the year afterwards, um, or the or he'll be in he'll be in North America basically by that time. Um, so there's a reasonable expectation that Broberg is not going to play with the organization for at least two years. Um, and I was just reading uh, yesterday, the two days
1: before. Guess whose deals are up in two years from now? Let me guess, Mister. Darnell Nurse. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Andre Sekre, but that doesn't nope. really matter anymore. No, not anymore. Um, Clefbaum? To- yep. Clefbaum. Larson. Larson. Clefbaum and Larson. Both
0: deals are up in two years. Yep. It's interesting for Holland to, to kind of look forward and say, like, yeah, we don't need a defenseman now, but we probably in two years, we might need a defenseman. Yep. So, it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, it's BPA right now, best player available. So, um, decent pick. Second round, Raphael Lavoie picked at number 38, he was slotted to be kind of, to be kind of a first-round pick, but he kind of had a, an off-season last season. People are really excited about Raphael Lavoie. He might come up um, kind of like the Ryan McLeod was last year, Was like, you know, this is a, kind of a sneaky good pick for the Oilers. So people are excited about Raphael Lavoie. Uh, third round, Ilya Konovalov, uh, number 85, Russian goalie. <laughs>
1: Russian goalie.
0: <laughs> That's all I got to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> We got a lot of good goalies in the in the in startup. But uh, I'm excited about Rafael Lavoie. He looks like he could be uh, uh, a player. Broberg's like, we might come out with two good NHL players out of this draft. So that's pretty decent.
1: Yeah, you can. And I mean, again, the last three years or so, the others have really done a good job of restocking the cupboards. Fewer and fewer players are just coming straight up into the NHL. I think the strength of our farm team is is a good indication yeah
0: we'll talk about the condos yeah
1: so uh, there's more pieces to kind of put in the cupboard and you know Ken Holland was the the master letting players season almost too long (laughs) in the (laughs) AHL it's just like kind of the cliche yeah Um, and this seems all like picks where that makes a lot of sense
0: yeah totally totally so that's the draft Nothing exciting out of that one. Pretty much how we thought it was going to be. People are like, "eh," about Broberg, but I think it'll be it's a it's a decent pick. Uh, Free agency July first. Your boy, our boy, actually, we were kind of like him. Andre Sakarika bought out. How do you feel about this?
1: Um, I mean, maybe this is ignorant to say, but I was really surprised. Me too. too. I didn't think that it was there was really any kind of indication that that was going to happen. Um. Clearly, Well, the Oilers clearly needed salary cap space, and one way to deal with that was to buy out Sekra, to an extent, I guess. Um, I think there is general concern about his health. But the one thing I will say is the last two years of struggles for the Edmonton Oilers have ma- paired up exclusively with Andre Sechra not being in the lineup and being injured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And actually when the Oilers start to kind of push back at the end of the last season or... Uh, that started to happen as Sekra emerged and emerged as like the player that he was known to be and I think if he had come back this year and still was not looking at 100% um, you know this would have made a lot more sense but I thought he actually played relatively well to close out the season and provided a lot of stability on the back end as well so that's why I'm surprised by this in addition to that I'm nervous about the Oilers D yeah
0: me too me too. It's a lot of young players that might. Uh, I think this may. This is maybe Holland being like, we need a young player to step up and take the and take the reins here. At the same time, he needed the cap space, and I'm wondering if that was the play. It, it was was buying out Sakura the right play, or was buying out somebody else was the right play? I don't know who that person might be, but at the same time, I don't know. It's an interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I hope we're not looking back halfway through the season and the Oilers are losing games like six four and and f- seven five and just being like, "Wow, I really wish we had like a solid defenseman that we could use <laughs> to like you know shut down and make smart plays and get the fuck out of the zone." <laughs> I really hope we're not at that place halfway through the year I, because you I would have to point at this buyout as being a major piece of that.
0: Yeah, and Sakura was. Um promptly picked up by the Dallas Stars <clears throat> in a one-year deal. So, I don't know. I he could. I mean, be there a-
1: could be other sides to this, too. Maybe yeah. Sekiro would decide he wanted a change as well. Maybe there'd been some, you know, other stuff going on. I, I don't really know. But I just, I do, I do worry about this because the back end, it was pretty soft with him in the lineup. So, the expectation has to be, uh, you know, You've got Clefbaum that needs to take another step. You've got right. Nurse that needs to take another step. You need right. Larson that needs to get back to his game. And additionally, if any one of those three or four defensemen, Russell included, you know, goes down with an injury,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where's the depth?
0: Yep. I totally agree. I'm 100% with you there. Really, I really,
1: this is the one move I'm not really, I don't love. Yeah, I'm, I'm with
0: you. Here's the move that I don't love <laughs> it's adding Mike Smith into <laughs> a one year deal. It's not bad. I'm not like, I'm not. Gonna melt down over this, <laughs> but I have made fun of the planes for the last two years, for make, you know making Mike Smith the number one. I, a goalie, I knew that I was like, they're not. He's not that good. Uh, so this is, I think, this is karma for me.
1: <laughs> the yeah, Oilers pick absolutely. up
0: pick up Mike Smith in um, a really weird deal too. It was a it was a two million one year one year deal. Uh, a lot of performance bonuses. So if he plays 20 games, he gets 125. If he plays 25, he gets another 125. All the way up to 45 games played, he, he, he can pick up $250,000. Uh, if he makes the playoffs, if they make the playoffs, he gets another 750. dollars So he has a potential bonus of a, a $1.75 million. He could gain an extra $1.75 million if he hits all these bonuses above his $2 million.
1: It's and a full no-trade class. Full no-trade
0: class. This is a Shrelly special. Just boom. Yeah.
1: <laughs> weird. Um, I don't know. I think this deal is really, really low-risk. It is a low-risk deal. A one-year deal, I mean. One-year deal. It's, yeah. And I think it's a good indication of where the team is at with Koskinen, especially the way that Koskinen finished the season. I think Smith probably enters into the fold as a backup, a strong backup. There's going to be a competition yeah. for the starting job, I guess. And that's, you know, theoretically one that he could win. Although I still am holding out some hope that Koskinen can play, you know, with some solid defense in front of him, turn out to be a, a decent NHL goaltender. Yeah.
0: And that's the thing that I'm worried about is, like, our defense and goalies right now, I'm just like, uh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's it, there, there's some real concern there. Um but I, yeah, I don't hate this. I, I, I mean, I'm not. I don't think Mike Smith's the answer by any means. But yeah. I am always one for giving guys an opportunity on one-year deals at decent salaries and letting them take the shot. I'd rather that than, frankly, what we did with Koskinen, which was a long-term deal. Yeah, no, I agree with that. that on someone that's you know an unproven commodity. So. And all things considered, if this is a total bust and Mike Smith is, you know, a bad backup goalie, he's gone at the end of the year anyway.
0: That is true. That is true. Um, or they could just trade him midway through the season and get well, a out. Well, if he allows, that's true. Forgot about, no trade clause. Forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Um, does Koskinen have a no trade clause?
1: Probably. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah.
0: Crazy. Anyways, um, yeah, I don't know about Mike Smith yet, but if it's a backup, he could be fine. You actually played really well in the in the playoffs. Uh, it wasn't Mike Smith's fault that the Calgary Flames lost uh, in five games. I think he probably was the best player on that
1: ice. Uh, so yeah, oh, yeah okay, that's, totally. That's the and thing. And remember, when we talked about this last year. There was sort of, I think it was an athletic article that we were riffing off of, where there was sort of two options where you had like a glorified one. Number Mm -hmm. one, it was getting five point five, and then you had like a backup goalie at one point two or something like that. And then the other option was having like a one A one B, where you had a one A making three point five and a one B making two point five. That's essentially what Koskinen and Mike Smith are. They're in that. They're in that ulterior model, not maybe the most consistent thing. But I think the NHL is moving towards a two goalie system, and that's a whole other conversation to have. Yeah, I think so too. Um, But you know, it's not out of the realm of. What other teams are doing Or what the Oilers can afford Down the road anyway
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree I totally agree um, Coming back to the fold Alex Chason What do you think about Alex Chason coming back to us? Um, I think he kind of I think Holland kind of Ran out of options And just was like Well, we have Chason Chaseon played well for us Last year Maybe sign him so Two year, Two a years two point one five per season For two years? I
1: mean One of the things that I think we've seen About star players In the NHL um, whether it be Sidney Crosby, Alexander Ovechkin, now Connor McDavid, is that it's not necessarily a guarantee that they're gonna work with every single person that you stick them with. Um, and what Alex Jason showed, particularly in the beginning of the season, more so in the beginning of the season than towards the end, was a capacity to play with Connor McDavid and take advantage of the gifts that Connor McDavid Will provide to him He was more of a Depth player too Right And then he ended up In more of a depth role Later on in the season And Mm -hmm. and so You know Having someone that can Kind of move up And and do that work But also Step back Maybe kill penalties Maybe a second Line power play I don't hate it Especially when there was Really like you said Not a lot going on Not a whole lot Like
0: Holland I think Missed a lot of um, I think maybe things He wanted to Like he I think he was really Going after Brett Colony And he signed with Florida um, and, yeah, it, there was a lot of things where just didn't have the money, right? He didn't have the money or the space or, the, or maybe didn't want to sign. Chason was a proven commodity. Um, and that, I, you know, 22 goals, that was a career high for him. Don't know if he's going to hit 22 goals again. At the same
1: time, 2 mil... It's okay. If he hits fifteen, that's fine. Yeah. If he hits ten, I'm like kind of okay with that too. Yeah, yeah. If he hits fifteen, I'm I'm happy with that too. Yeah. So yeah. I mean,
0: it's like again, one of those gambles. You're like, yeah, we're adding depth again, into, and this is going to be a theme. <laughs> we're adding depth to our wings. Yeah. A lot more depth to our wings. I don't know if it's like, it's more of the quantity over quality kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, chase sounds part of it. The other one was the Oilers signed a 26 year old Thomas Jerko to a one-year, one year one. One-way, one-year deal. Uh, Thomas Jericho was not in the NHL last year. He was with the Chicago Blackhawks um, organization in the AHL, uh, and then he signed he for seven, you know, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. It's a pretty like no-risk deal for this. Uh, and then I'm gonna just go for the smaller ones right now. Josh Archibald was signed later on. He's a 26-year-old right winger, uh, one-year, one-mil contract. The Coyotes then qualified him so the Oilers signed him up uh, and then there was Gaten Haas uh, who I put down at the very end here so one year $925,000 he's a Swiss player, he's 27 years old he's on an entry level deal by the way uh, he had 38 points in 50 games last year in a Swiss league and then 41 points in 47 games in the game, in the year before so he's okay again one of those like low risk like we need some wingers uh, so these kind of the small deals, what do you think of these small small like adding depth to the wing kind of thing.
1: Well, I guess outside of Jerko, these are all kind of two-way contracts yeah, and meant so they can um, sort of bolster, um, I think, the Condors. One of the things that we saw is the Oilers ended up pulling up a bunch of wingers throughout the season last year. There's a number of guys that are sort of on the cusp of almost making the team or potentially couldn't be making the team this year. Um, and this is just, you know, obviously more depth in the organization for the Condors, and, but also creates a competition and opportunity for those players as well, too, and doesn't leave huge holes in the Condors lineup in no. the event that Yamamoto comes up.
0: Yeah. Or, or something like, like that. You know,
1: like Ramirez or you yeah. got like
0: Tyler Benson. Exactly, which those. I
1: think there was when they, those players, I think it hurt the Condors big time, but I think it also... Which isn't like a huge deal, but I think you know providing more competition for those guys is is always good.
0: It is always good. It is always good. We can't just depend on a Tyler Benson, for example, to just move up the lineup and just be that guy. Like we can't just depend on it. They need to be actually having to fight for that space. And if Tyler Benson, for example, is not ready,
1: then he can play in the AHL. Yeah. And then more out. interesting for me, Marcus Granlund. Yeah, that's the one I, I, one I skipped One year, one point four seven five. What do you think about this? That's a name that I, I feel like I haven't heard a lot lately. Marcus Granlund.
0: So he played for Calgary for a bit. He got traded to Vancouver for Hunter Shinkerek. By the way, really good trade for the Canucks. Hunter Shinkerek has done nothing. Yeah. Um, Marcus Granlund is one of those players that's like, it's just a depth player and just kind of like, I never was a big fan of Marcus Cranlin, but like looking at the Canucks like like Reddit and just like I am de- I was just looking to see like what do I what are we getting from Marcus Cranlon right. and supposedly he's a decent depth player he's uh, kind of like Alex Chason he's like he's like second Alex Chason basically so he can probably he's gonna pot in maybe 10 goals 10, 20 goals he's probably wanting to be the player that we were hoping Tobias Reader was gonna be last yeah. year
1: okay. um,
0: I think that's the idea uh, and I think Again, one year, 1. 1.4. That's not bad at no all. No risk. Very, like, like what do, there's no... We shouldn't be complaining too much about Marcus Grandlin.
1: Like, he wasn't... I think he provides a little bit of more consistency in the yes. bottom end of the lineup. Which is yes. something that was a clear issue last year.
0: Totally. He's not going to be, like, Marcus... Like, we talked about the Archibalds and Haas and whoever... Um, moving up and down from the AHL lineup up and uh, but Marcus Grant is going to be steady at like a third or fourth third or
1: fourth he'll move up and down as necessary he'll kill penalties probably he'll be able to you know, you could throw him out in, in defensive situations. He's responsible with the puck. It's <laughs> not going to make a, a low-risk player.
0: Exactly. Very low-risk player. Very risk. So,
1: Marcus Brown then... Low-risk player and a low-risk contract. That's exactly what you want.
0: This is, like, the, the theme for Holland and the free agency is, like, low-risk, low-move. Mike Smith is probably the highest risk that we have out of the free yeah, agency. Yeah, but again, it's
1: on a one-year deal, so again, it doesn't even really... Exactly. I mean, On's probably the riskiest thing he did. Because he had two years, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, this is this is we
1: could use Jujar
0: got to Jujar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 1.2 for 2 years.
1: Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. I think he's earned Amazing. that. I think yes. he's and Jujar's shown that um yeah, he can play with the main club and he can be a, an every night kind of NHL player and you know, relatively responsible. Again, low risk uh, uh, in terms of plays that he makes. Mm-hmm. Is he going to score 100? No. No. <laughs> is he going to score 10? Probably not, but you know what? He adds a little bit of a toughness, an energy player, yep. and someone who, yeah, he can pot a goal or two, and and has just proved himself in the mold of a Marcus Grantland, Marcus Grandlin, for yes, example.
0: I totally agree with you, and I, oh, I loved you. like we big fans of Judar. Yes, this big, big big fans. Big fans. fans so it's tutor. like um, <clears throat> we really appreciate his story. I love love what he brings to the ice. I I'm so happy active that, in the community. So happy that he resigned. Yeah. Big Conor McDavid fan too. He's he's you know yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. buddies Conor, so it's nice treating Conor right a bit. Um, yeah, I didn't put on this notes, but I wanted to ask you about. Um, have you been following the Jesse Pulley uh shenanigans lately? I mean, I mean, not
1: lately. What do you mean lately? As in, like he requested a trade, or well, and then and...
0: yeah, and then his agents, like him and Holland, like his agents and Holland being like jabbing back and forth before the draft and, like, how he's like, oh, is he going to Europe? Maybe he's not going to Europe. Like, is he going to be a training camp? Or is he going to be traded? He wants to be traded. but Maybe he's like, no, maybe I do want to... I don't know. Just a lot of, like, back and forth (laughs) with Pugliarvi and his agents.
1: So, I guess my question is,
0: where do you think is going to be next year?
1: Oh, I don't know. I think it's really hard to tell. I mean this is one of those situations that sometimes happen, I think in all professional sports, there's an example of this, where um, an agent is too vocal (laughs) and probably damages does more damage than good in a situation Um, you know, all the power to Ken Holland though, I really like the decision to not move Pugliarvi just for the sake of it, again, at his lowest trade value, I think we've seen this in uh, in Edmonton, all too many times, dating back to, I mean, a Chris Pronger. <laughs> um, well, that, players want out, out, and therefore one, yeah. they get like pushed out, and, and and the Oilers end up like eating it. Um, and I think what you've seen in the last couple of years, I mean, I think Hammonduck's a good example of this too, where yep. you don't you, you don't have to just bend to the will of the player. Yep. You wait until you're in good situation.
0: No, it's Matt McShane was
1: like the other with the other big and one. And I, I think that there is an opportunity for a reclamation here. I mean, think about what happened in Tampa Bay. You know, a similar thing with who uh, was the young guy that was there that was on the outs with Steve Iserman, and then he ended uh, up. Oh, was a Drew In? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And kind of, you know, there was a sort of uh, they came together, and then it ended up, you know, being a, a positive as positive a situation as possible. Yeah. I think that that's what we need to be working towards here. Yeah. Um, and so I you, don't know, like you know. Uh, I think Pulley arbys only got you know upward, like better. He's only gonna get better.
0: He is. He is. I and it's interesting because he says you know he wants a fresh start, and everyone's kind of pointing to being like, yeah, we we have a new GM, we have a new coach, we yeah. have two new assistant coaches, which haven't put down there. But um, we're like our
1: lineup is kind of
0: revamped. Oh, and- it's totally different. Yeah, you should. I'll show you the like, I mean, line-up's the lineup's going to look is like, like.
1: Basically the same, but other than that, like you've got. And
0: then every so like, I, everyone's kind of like, this is the fresh start for you, Puliyarvi. Yeah. Like there is an opportunity there's on the wings to for you to like thrive. Yeah. You just need to put in the work too. Like it is one of those situations for Puliyarvi. Like I do feel sorry for him because he is like, I you know when you work. you're in a a workplace for a long period of time and you're like I just want to leave I don't care who if we have a new boss we have new employees I don't care I just want to leave right and I think that's where he's in this situation he's probably just sees the oilers colors and it's just like I I can't do it anymore so and that's where I feel like he is in that place now that's my guess because it's like yeah we have all these changes but like yeah but it's still I'm still wearing the orange and blue right yeah so yeah I don't know
1: I don't know it's tough for Puiarvi so I also think this is a real opportunity, uh, for um, the captain of the team yeah, to honored, sort yeah. of intercede in this point too. And I, you know, there were some rumors, or and you know, most of that's usually bullshit around, like, oh, Puyarvi isn't really liked in the room, or he's like he's struggling to get around yeah. with people. And, and you, you never really know. But I think you know, either a young player or an older player. Um, You know, think maybe Zach Cassian, who's been on the outs with several teams Mm -hmm. and has had you know a pretty storied uh, career, and has made his way back. You know, maybe that's the kind of guy that needs to step up in this situation. I could think. You know, there's a lot of veterans kind of coming into this lineup too. When you think about like the Grandlins, and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for one of those guys to kind of take on a leadership role with him as well too. Yeah, if he wants to come back, obviously.
0: Yeah, I would. I, I'm very curious as to how Holland manages this, and I'm very curious. I mean, there's people like it.
1: even when things are hard in workplaces, there's people that your leaders need to show up, and uh, this is this is you know the leaders can't just show up on the scoreboard. Sometimes they have to show up in other ways too. Absolutely, I totally agree. Okay, we're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna
0: talk about the biggest trade that uh, we've had in the last year or so. Elliot, I have a question for you. Shoot. Where were you when you heard that Milan Lucic got traded?
1: Okay, so it's hilarious, actually. I found out from you, obviously. Yes. Um, Great text message. I was in a meeting with a buddy from work, and it was like kind of a serious meeting, but we were sitting next to each other. So I just took your text on my phone and just slid my phone over to him. And it was like, and everyone was like, oh, that must be like a really important work text that he's got to show. You know, it'd been manager to manager like conversation going on. And then he looked at me and gave me this like really stern look. And he was like, That's not real. That's not real. But he was like trying to mouth that to me. And I was like, This guy doesn't lie. It's, it's Herman. It's real. He wouldn't joke. He wouldn't do that to me. He wouldn't joke to me like that. And, and so we had this like whole private, like really serious conversation about whether it was true or not in this like really intense meeting. <laughs>
0: It's just a really solid meeting. It just means, yeah, yeah, yeah. like...
1: Yeah, like, and then we, the meeting ended after, and it was immediately, he, like, looked at me. He's like, that's not true. No way. And then everyone's like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? It's like, Lucic got traded. <laughs> <laughs> the looks on our co-workers' faces. Oh, no. amazing.
0: That's exactly what happened to me when when Hall when, uh, got traded, because I was, like, I was in the meeting. It was, like, the last... I was I was working in a school, so it was like the last meeting where we're talking about like, like, like like the students' education and like where they're going next and who should we do this. Well, it was a really serious meeting, and then someone's like Taylor Hall got traded. I'm like, no, no, (laughs) (laughs) and they're like, it's it's for this, and I'm like, no, and then we just everybody like the meeting stopped. Stop. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, this Mm -hmm. is how important hockey is in Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, So Milan Lucic got traded um maybe a couple weeks ago or something like that a week ago maybe uh for James Neal probably i would say like the second best like opportunity that that Holland would have had for trading Lucic, I, I would say
1: yeah the people have been kind of hinting at this for a while right yeah
0: yeah it's been on the airs like we've been talking about this like i've heard it from Friedman before the season even ended about that how James
1: Neal would be a really make a lot of sense
0: James Neal or it was like Louis Erickson like we knew that I feel that that the trade wins about Lucic being traded was a po- a real possibility
1: yeah yeah, yeah. we did, didn't know for who we right? were and I think one of the things that was always holding back these rumors from being taken more seriously or being more talked about was that both of those deals were interdivisional, yeah. and that's not something that you see very often. Yeah, absolutely. Until apparently this summer now. <laughs> like like Toronto, you know, Ottawa like, and stuff. Well, but, even and, just
0: Edmonton, Calgary. Calgary. We're just, and now we're just, Edmonton, we're just Calgary. trading players. Yeah.
1: So that was a bit um, surprising as well, too. I get the impression you're quite happy with this.
0: Yes, I'm very happy with this. How could you not be happy with this? <laughs> okay, well, you can tell me in a bit. I think that Calgary um, was humming and hawing over this deal... Uh, what I heard was they were humming and hawing over this deal for about a week. Uh, they probably looked at, um, I was reading a bit more about this. They, they looked at what St. Louis did in the playoffs. They looked at what San Jose did in the playoffs, and Vegas uh, specifically. They were going after Ryan Reeves in uh, in the offseason, or trying to trade for him or something like that. Um, because they saw what Ryan Reeves did with Vegas, meaning that he was this physical person. He like kind of was...
1: Was, Got under the skin of the opponent.
0: He was a cannonball. Um, and they thought they, like, Calgary obviously lost in the playoffs for five games against Colorado. They thought they were outplayed, out physical. Um, so that obviously kind of affected the way that they were thinking. And uh, traveling was like humming and hawing over should we trade for Lucic? And then I, I don't know what kind of triggered it, but they are just like, okay, let's do this.
1: Let's make this happen. Well, I think when options start to dry up, that's what happens in the NHL quite often is as things start to disappear, then there be the urgency to do something um, heightens, and then there's more of an opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, I really like the deal for the Edmonton Oilers, and, I, and and now the more that I think about it, and the more I've actually got some family in Calgary that we were talking about it, and we're actually pretty excited, too, for that exact reason, which I was kind of surprised about. Too. I'm very surprised about that. Um, so I am disappointed. And I think it's part of a larger conversation around Lucic's time here. And we don't have to go too deep into it because we've spent a lot of time talking about about it. Um, But, you know, as an Oilers fan and someone who tries to stay as positive as possible, it's disappointing because I I really wish it had gone better here.
0: Absolutely. And I wonder if the Oilers
1: had maybe made, of the three years he was here, maybe two years they'd made the playoffs and not just one. Yeah. the Lucic in the playoffs might have been enough to sort of make people feel a little bit better and maybe things could have been a little bit more positive here but mm-hmm. that's not the case and it was really toxic towards the end obviously which is something that you know I, I hope to as we continue to move forward we'll continue to push off against that stuff because obviously this is the kind of stuff that hurts the team I'm glad that they managed a decent player out of this in James Neal
0: yeah and I think that's James Neal Last year Had a terrible season Um yeah. He Only scored Seven goals Or five goals Something like that Um Not the James Neal That that people are used to seeing Not the James Neal that, that Calgary Flames Bought a lot of money for paid a lot of money for Um Last year Uh James Neal Was A person that was supposed to play In the front top line And Calgary Couldn't see it without With him And unfortunately he, what Calgary did with Neil was something that I wish, would have was done more with Lucic in the sense of like, they just if they couldn't find a place for him they just didn't play him. Yeah, and I don't think Lucic got a lot of opportunity to play a lot, a lot of opportunity to go where he needed to go, which is I mean you know it depends on how you see it it could be good or bad. At the same time, <coughs> you could tell Lucic's game was like. Just dried up. Just dried up yeah, completely. Yeah. It was two in it, two two years, basically, basically where, yeah. where we looked at uh, a real slump with Lucic. Yeah. And yeah. with James Neal, it's been one year. And so the last two years, before Neal came to Calgary, he went to two finals in a row, right? Like, he was in the finals in Vegas, and he was in the finals in Nashville. So he's played a lot in the last two years. And then um, a lot of people said that he was tired. A lot of people said he didn't come to camp. Uh, like in the best shape, so maybe this is gonna affect that. So but we'll see. And I think James Neal is also a person that is kind of hyped up to kinda of prove people wrong. So I'm happy with this.
1: Yeah, and I think you'd rather have someone like James Neal who's had one bad year versus Lucic who's had no, no two, two and a half years yeah. not not great. Um and yeah, maybe this is an anomaly I guess the the money kind of evens out, right? Like, the money's even, uh, The Oilers yeah, much. are retaining some of Lucic's salary to yep. basically pay for, you know, so that Lucic, you know, to to offset the Neal thing. Um, I really like, the one thing I really like about this deal, which is interesting, is the conditional draft. <laughs> yes, I hit. was just going to look at Can that. Can you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> so, I, I don't have something to do with how many goals they get compared to each other yes, and also something else. Compared
0: right? to each other. So it is, if Milan Lucic, no, if James Neal scores, 24 goals more than 24 goals and if lucic scores 10 less than the than james neal then that pick goes to them so it's like the flames get a third round draft pick choice if if neil outscores lucic by 10 or more goals next season and if neil scores 24 goals so <laughs> it's just i mean if neil scores 24 goals or he was up to 30 goals we're laughing. Like, yeah, the yeah, Oilers yeah, yeah. are We're happy. Fine. We don't care. Like, here, yeah, take sure. a third round draft pick. I don't really care, right? Yeah. And if, also, if Lucic scores, like, 20 goals next year, that's a great deal for the Flames, right? I really wish that this is this will look good for both teams, yeah, right? You know too. what I mean? Like, me I really hope that yeah. Lucic does well in Calgary. And, and that Neal. first
1: battle about Alberta is going to be hilarious. Oh.
0: Yeah, Mike Smith against Lucic again.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking, like, if Lucic fought... <laughs> like who? Darnell Nurse? I, I, nurse Lucic would be a good fight. Yeah. <laughs> this is so anti our podcast, yeah.
0: but <laughs> like Lucic like Cassian.
1: Lucic Cassian. Cool. The other one I was thinking Chujar
0: Chujar, Oh, yep, yep, yep. Totally. Yeah, and I, I could totally see that. Like, I don't know what the schedule is. I don't think it's out yet. But if the first game is a Calgary Edmonton game, you know that that is going There's to happen. Something there. That is There's going gotta to happen. Be something there. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be really interesting to see, like, uh, Lucic play in Calgary. And you see somebody like, like, Cam Talbot is in Calgary now, too. So it's like.
1: That's it's, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So
0: it's, it's a really fascinating way that we switch some players. I really like this Neil deal uh, in a sense that even if Neil doesn't do well, it's a much easier buyout than it is for Lucci's. Yeah, that was the other side of this, too. So that's important, too. And I think that it is a win of itself in, a, in and of itself. And I and also a lot of people are saying like what is what is Calgary doing in the sense of like their cap? Um, they need to sign like Matthew Kachuk still. <laughs> yep. And like Magny Pani. I
1: don't know how they're going to do that. It's a really well they were going to have that issue either way, weren't they? Right? Like whether yeah, they like they, 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 this doesn't really fix their cap, but it doesn't make it worse either.
0: No, no. And people were like, why don't they, why didn't they just buy out Neil? Like yeah. they could have just done that. And then the, the, their their cap room. Yeah but now they needed this physical Lucci so
1: I don't know I don't know It's,
0: a, it's I don't know what Calgary is thinking in this but
1: yeah I don't know if I was a Calgary fan I, I, and I have some friends that are also and were not very happy with this I had some <laughs> on both sides some that were really excited about the toughness and some like what are we doing here I don't know I. it's anyway I hope the best for Lucci I hope the I best really for do. James Neal I'd really like yeah I'd like this to them to both be redemption stories at I least. really
0: do I really do you know like both players really need I, I really was hoping for the Oilers to somehow get James Neal and I'm happy that we have him um, and so it's interesting to see him back I'm really curious as how Neal's going to play in the second line maybe or if Neal moves up to the first line playing O'Connor and Lillian I wonder if that
1: happens I mean I this is the nice thing is that there's lots of malleability in the Oilers lineup
0: yeah there really is. Let's look at the lineup. <laughs> that's a good segue. Good segue. Yeah. <laughs> We've been off for a while, so this is this is good. Yeah. This is good. <laughs> so, first line. This is from J- Jonathan Wallace from from the Athletic. He, he's the one who orchestrated these lines. Tell me if you think you agree with this. First line, Leon, Connor, Zach Cassian.
1: I, I mean, I think that's how we ended the season, basically, right? Right. Not sure I love... I You know, I, I'm still one of those people that would really like to see Connor and Leon on separate lines. Me too. But- this is that's a very strong line
0: yeah I'm very curious if StatCasting is going to continue his his pretty good play last year yeah and I wonder if he's going to do well with Leon and Connor there uh, in the front second long li- term I mean th- yeah, there's also term, you know th-
1: there's also opportunity This is last year by the it's way last year
0: yeah so it's his contract year um, second line Neil Nuge Chasan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know much about James Neal. I understand he's got a pretty good shot. He does. He's that a seems like the kind of thing shot. that you really want with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yes.
0: Yes. And supposedly, like I said, Neal, I, I heard somewhere that he can go left or right wing. So he is one of those players that can do both. So interesting to see with that. Uh, third line, Granlin, Haas, Gagne. And this is this is where it gets kind of like you can move people around. Yeah, there's with lots this. of
1: malleability the Fourth line: Cave, Archibald, Jujar Um, and those, those kind of. There's lots of messing around there. I'm really interested to see Sam Gagne's year.
0: Yeah, me too. Um,
1: that might be. He might be someone that ends up finding himself sliding up in the lineup, and I think he's also, you know, he showed that proclivity on the power play with Columbus about two years ago. Yeah, he did. And I wonder if playing with, you know, Connor McDavid in sort of special team situations. If that's an option and what that looks like, and if it's successful for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm curious about that too. And I'm curious, like, even just like you can move like Gagne out to second line with Chase on and Chase I move down a bit. Yeah. Like, I'm curious, like, a Gagne new Neal line would look like too. Um, yeah, it's, <clears throat> and this, and we're missing out uh, Joaquin Nygaard. Thomas Jerko, all these players can move up and down the lineup.
1: Not to mention all those guys that sort of appeared for long and short stints from the AHL as well, too. Yeah,
0: and I think that's, as we were talking about, like, this is we have, all these players have played in the NHL, right? They're all NHL players. It's not like I don't, with this specific forward group I don't know if it's a playoff forward group but it's not, it's not like we're playing, like I said, like Cooper Meredy or Tyler Benson. Like desperately or Yamamoto No, there certainly
1: is a group of players here that can play NHL hockey and have for a while, and the only real like questions around that start to occur in the fourth line, which is kind of what you need anyway.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: I think it gives Dave Tippett a lot of options to play with yeah. on, in terms of both either balancing lines or overpowering on one line. Um, you know, I always thought it would be interesting to see there's enough depth now where you could actually see in a one goal game Nuge, McDavid, and Dry playing together, and there's still like the form, you mm-hmm. know, there's still like a second line that's available. You've got a bunch of depth on uh, that's that's center. Gagne can switch out and play center if need be. Um, there's lots of opportunities for in game changes and also game to game changes yeah. based on lineups and things like that. And I think one of the struggles we had is when we ran into injuries last year the flexibility of the lineups really did not show because of how weak we were on the wings
0: Yeah, no. in terms of actual
1: NHL players. So, you know, this is barring an injury, but I think right now, to start the season, it's pretty good shape. What do you think about the defense? Defense is
0: the place where I'm really worried. In a sense of, okay, so also on Adam Larson, that's your number one, obviously, that's we've been playing that pairing for a long time they play, now.
1: They play well together. Larson taking a step back the last year, <clears throat> two years, Last the year previous to last much more so than last year. Right. But still probably isn't exactly where he wants to be. Um, it'll be interesting with the new coaching staff how that impacts his game. I think it will be ultimately positive.
0: I think so too. I really agree with that. Um, second pairing, Darnell Nurse, Chris Russell. Again, this top four is like the same top four that we had last year. Yep. And it's not again we knew that we know that this top four pretty well we know this top four pretty we know what they can do we know what their limitations are we know what their strengths are um there's nothing here that it's going to surprise us
1: i keep waiting for darnell nurse to take that next step to push for the top uh, top pairing i wonder if this is not the year where maybe he's pushing oscar Clefbaum.
0: i wonder that too he had a great year last year yeah really good um Parent 3 is where it gets interesting. Matt Banning and Caleb Jones. Now, this left defense is up for
1: grabs. Yeah. Um, Caleb Jones being probably the front runner right now, but there's lots of opportunity there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we talked about Joel Person being part of it. Uh, Ethan Baer. I think he's a right shot. But um, when it comes to injuries, if we do get injuries, which we probably might, um, <laughs> We probably might. <laughs> Let's
1: be real. We, we're gonna get some injuries. You will get some injuries. Um, or Connor McDavid's gonna get suspended for three games. <laughs> Repeat offender. Oh six now.
0: Oh my God! Imagine if like Milan Lucic causes a Connor McDavid oh, injury. Oh yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. That would not. I was thinking about that too when we were talking about like. Yeah. Connor uh, McDavid goes and tries to fight Milan Lucic game one of the season. Oh
0: no. <laughs> Okay. Oh, man. This give me some nightmares. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so pairing three is like the one where I'm, I'm a little concerned about. Uh, goalie depth, again, Koskinen and Smith, we talked about that. I mean, it's like this D and goalie group, I'm just like, it's the same as last year. We know exactly what happened last year with the D. It's like our forwards are, are. I mean, Leon and Connor are going to do their thing. is going to do his thing. We might get some really good... Uh, Seasons out of Gagne, for example. Maybe James Neal is going to pop off. Um, but I, this is, it's worrying, right? It's the our same defense one. and our
1: goaltending are going to be what makes it break it this year. Yeah. And again, you've got a new coaching group in there. You've got Dave Tippett, who is known for playing a little a bit more of a defensive style now, albeit that was because he was basically playing with table scraps when he was in. Um, uh, in Phoenix, yeah. Um, but I, I think that there will be a real commitment to defensive hockey and a real um, commitment to working with these young defensemen to get them to go to the next level. Absolutely. I think you saw a little bit of that emerge under Ken Hitchcock. I think that only continues with Tippett. Yeah. Um. And yep. yeah, we'll see.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm very curious with, with Tippett what, the, what he does with Smith. Uh, also with Neil, he's he played with Neil before, um, and yeah, even like Josh Archibald was a, th- as a Tippett uh, Olin played with Tippett before. So I'm, I'm, yeah, it's a it's a curiosity what Tippett's going to do. You know, a new coaches that's your thing. You love your coaches. I love <laughs> my coaches.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, can't wait to your like first coach press conference when yeah, after a game. Oh, yeah, I like... see
1: like how Dave Tippett handles the Edmonton media. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he's been pretty good thus far.
0: Yeah, it's thus far so good. Um, so yeah, and like. Well, looking at the Condors depth chart, uh, we were just looking at this before. Top lines: Benson, Meredy, and Yamamoto. That's pretty decent, actually. <laughs> yeah, pretty happy with that. You know,
1: you could expect all of those players to maybe push for an NHL job.
0: Yeah, yeah. Gambrella, who we've seen before. Yeah, this, is,
1: like, this NHL lineup doesn't even include Yamamoto. It doesn't have Puli RV in it. Yeah, it doesn't have. There's lots that you know, Patrick. Or sorry, I keep kicking this thing. Okay. <laughs> Brad Malone, uh, <laughs> who played pretty well on yep. uh, his NHL stints last year as well. Too. There's lots of. Um, yeah, I'm curious
0: what Ryan McLeod is going to do. Yeah. Like, I'm curious. Like, even in the defense, like, Kyle Bratziak's in the AHL, like, the yeah. center depth. Like, it's, he can move in and out of the lineup as well. Um, like, Legeson, who, who who's played well in, in defense before. um Murkrov, who is also a really good uh, defensive prospect. And Evan Bouchard. Evan Bouchard, I'm very curious what he does this yeah. year. I'm very, yeah. very curious. He played really well last year. Really showed he you can tell he wasn't up to like NHL snuff but he played really decent in the NHL yeah. and he
1: played really well in juniors so um Ethan- and he had to get a good close notice season in the HL. that worked out just fine yeah yeah Ethan Bears played a couple games in the NHL
0: yeah I'm very curious what he does there so we have a, and it was an athletic article being like this could be the best farm team that the Oilers have had um, yeah. in a long time oh, so yeah. it's I they could be pushing up they made the playoffs last year uh, and the AHL, they could be pushing up to do the Calder Cup. So, yep. I, this will be fantastic for that. And that's, that's exciting to see. I'm very still curious as to if Holland does anything this season in regards to trades. And uh, I'm curious what's going to happen with Seth Casting, for example, with Sam Gagne. I'm um, also very curious of what's going to happen with Darnell Nurse, because his contract is coming up soon. Yeah. Um, so, and Chris Russell, too. Uh, so, it, you the know, those are
1: really they're really primed to be do well because you, they've got a lot of people that are on contract years or pushing for you know that next to take that next step. Absolutely, and a
0: lot of people are saying Holland's next year is going to be the big one. Is going to be like like what he did. Yeah, if you were to grade his offseason, like draft,
1: free agents, trade, what would you say? Um. I mean, I think the draft, you just kind of, he had, you know, you can't, I think it was sort of just by the book, so whatever, that's like yeah. a B. Um, you look at free agency, there wasn't a lot of there, a lot, it wasn't a lot of moves, but I didn't love the Sacra bio.
0: No, I didn't like that either. So,
1: baby B-minus there. Yep. Although you know a lot of low risk contracts with low risk players.
0: Yeah, I'm happy with Um, that actually.
1: And then obviously one major trade, which is the Neil Lucci trade, which I really liked today. So I think I'd probably give it like a B plus, A minus.
0: I was thinking B, B B, B minus, B, B around even a B. Like I think that he did a really decent job of trying to just like I said shore up the the team with actual NHL players. Because uh, that's what I was worried about. It was like, oh, are we actually going to try to like? Well, Tyler and you Benson have more NHL players ways? in
1: the forwards, and it takes less pressure off the defense. And you're taking less pressure off the defense, which is taking less pressure off the goalie. Like, yeah. I think that there's what became evident last year was that there was the back end was uh, uh, the bottom half of the the lineup was just frankly not good enough. Yeah, And then led to some panic trades and some panic moves, which didn't end up helping the Oilers. Don't think it hurt them as much as people no. think. I mean, Brandon Manning's contract kind of hurts, but other than that, that hurts you know, really, <laughs> you can't complain too much about trying to, sh- you know, mid-season trying to fix things. Um, I think this is an Edmonton Oilers team that is going to be similar to where they were last year, which is mm-hmm. pushing for a playoff spot um, until the end of the year. But I think they're going to be more consistent. I would hope so. I would hope. I'm, that's what I I'm say. I'm really curious what Dave Tippett does with this
0: lineup. I'm very curious as to what Holland does in the next year, like trade deadline around that time. Are they? Is he going to be a person that's not like, like maybe like if they're way out, if they know that they're not going to make the playoffs, is he going to start making these moves? Moves,
1: yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that Holland's preached over and over again is consistency and sort of stability. Um, mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of turmoil, people in and out. We you know we talk about how many coaches this team's had. We can talk, even talk about how many general managers. Frankly, yeah. um, it seems like an ending door. And then also just kind of players being plugged in to find a fix, quick holes, and that happens every team with every team every season. But I do think that there is a real um, indication here of just more consistency, a lineup full of NHL players to start. Right. Then you can start kind of making moves from there. Yeah, but. I think so, too. I think so, too. Yeah, so And guys exciting. that are going to be hard to kick out and, and push out from, from younger AHL players. So when AHL players do actually make that move, you know, it's deserved.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. And like I said, I am, I'm very excited to see what these young players can do to actually. Because I think they do have a possibility to kick some of these out. And when they do, if this year happens, if for example, like a Yamamoto kicks out a, an Archibald or even, a, even um, I don't know, like a Yurko or something like that it's going to be deserved this time. It's not yeah. going to be just like, we're just going to give it to exactly. you because we have nothing to, to put there, exactly. right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, I think that's it. That's it. That's it. It that was a pretty good, good news dump. <laughs> yeah, lots going on <laughs> there. Lots going on. Um, I feel like we're probably not going to record until September. Um, that's my estimation. Yeah, I don't think unless it, something
1: crazy happens in August. Yeah, I don't see there's don't a lot going it. on.
0: I don't see anything crazy happening. I mean, there's obviously like, they're hiring assistant coaches and some scouts got let like, go and whatnot but i mean like these are the big big things that we end up talking about um yeah and then training camp's gonna start and uh we're back to another season to the races. After the races again it's good to see you back my friend likewise and we'll see back. you next time on the 104